The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meat Hook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> Finally, after months of patiently waiting, it's here. Haunt season 2023 is kicking off with haunted attractions opening all over the country. The Big Scary Show is practically giddy with anticipation at the thought of crisp, cool fall nights, the smell of bonfires, and going to visit some of our favorite haunted attractions. What are some of your favorites? This episode, Storm is ranting about weird candy in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim discusses Navy discipline in another installment of Between the Corpses. Badger reads the latest in Deadline News. And the old crone, hey, that's me, talks about the trouble with tweens. We might have a gruesome giveaway winner for September. And we're spinning some rockin' tunes to celebrate the opening of haunt season. On the Round Table of Terror, we discuss haunted houses that put on special events that allow those who normally wouldn't visit a haunt chance to do so. We bring in several haunt owners to discuss their ADA compliant, non-sensory, and kid-friendly nights. There's a lot of heartwarming stories that we're sure you'll enjoy hearing about. All this and so much more. We hid the body, but you'll become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. Now get out there and support your local haunts. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. Walk with me into the marketing morgue. By now, many haunted attractions are open or about to open. All that hard work now realized and represented by your queue, where all those people who've purchased tickets gather, waiting their turn for an evening of truly terrifying entertainment. They will scream, laugh, maybe cry, maybe commit involuntary violations of personal hygiene. And what could be better than the tiny minority who don't even make it past the queue? 
Think about what your queue represents. A queue that is full of excited, eager patrons who can't wait to get inside and see what you've created for them means that your advertising and marketing is spot on. Crafted as the beginning of an interesting story and not just a bunch of bullet points about square footage, how many years you've operated, maybe a list of every themed room in the place, you created a mystery that could only be solved by the purchase of a ticket. You gave those people who bought tickets a reason to be there. And that reason is fun. Scary fun. You didn't threaten them. You enticed them. You made an evening of live entertainment sound so much more fun than even going to a scary movie. And by the way, you did it without ripping off scary movies and their copyrighted characters. You mastered social media or hired someone who could and got tremendous engagement going. And you made sure that the show doesn't start in your first room. It starts before they get out of the car and doesn't end until they leave. Yeah, that's something they'll talk about, which will continue to fill your cues night after night. In short, you did everything we talk about here in the marketing morgue all year round as we gear up for this time of the year. Happy haunting, my friend. Enjoy that cue. In future episodes, we'll rip further into the guts of haunt advertising and probe the most effective and creative ways you can market and promote your haunted attraction. Got a question? You can message me at Voice From Hell on Facebook. I'm Dick Terhune. Join me next time here in the Marketing Morgue, where there's always room for one more. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. 13 Pagan Holiday 13. She's dead on the Big Scary Show.
sacrifice your body so nice But it's the blood on your lips that scares me to death She's dead, she's dead, but she'll come anyway 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 Can you take it? No picture ever held you in such frenzied terror as Macabre. Macabre, the most hair-raising story to come out of Hollywood, written by 12 world-famous authors of mystery and suspense. Macabre hammers your nerves with sudden shocks, shatters your emotions with blood-chilling horrors, until your battered senses scream for help. Ah! See Macabre! Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger. This is the Deadline News for episode 298. And we're going to start off with some news from the 2024 Smoky Mountain Fan Fest coming to Kingsport, Tennessee. We are so proud to announce that Smoky Mountain Fan Fest 2024 will be taking place August 10th and 11th, 2024 at the Meadowview Conference Resort and Convention Center in Kingsport, Tennessee. Our goal was to stay in East Tennessee to truly keep the feel of the Smoky Mountains, but we wanted to get away from the traffic and the craziness of Sevier County. We proudly called Sevier County our home for the last three years. Now we'll write our next chapter in Kingsport. This convention center offers amazing hotel rates, a huge parking lot, easy in and out for vendors, and for the first time ever, our panels will be off the main convention floor and moved into a panel room. We plan to add a gaming and tabletop room, special screenings for movies, and incorporate panels back into the show pending SAG approval. We're also going to get the biggest and most exciting names we can find as special guests, along with some of those Smoky Mountain fan favorites. Advanced tickets and vendor sales are available on our website now. Lock them down early and save money. Get more information at SmokyMountainFanFest.com. We have a little news from the Little Five Points Halloween Festival and Parade in Atlanta. The 2023 Little Five Points Halloween Festival and Parade is the biggest and spookiest Halloween celebration in the Southeast. 
running strong since the 1970s. Last year's festival was our most successful and well-attended ever, and the festival returns this year on October 21st and 22nd for a wicked two-day event featuring the world-famous Little Five Points Halloween Parade, live music from Atlanta's best underground rock and hip rock and hip-hop, and our first-ever 3D haunted house, an artist market, neighborhood ghost tours, a skate park, food and alcohol vendors, and a very different kind of monster hunt. Best of all, it's free. Get more information at l5phalloween.com. We have this on a vampire-themed Halloween party coming to Ladson, South Carolina. It's just outside Charleston. Every year, Bald Monkey turns Honky Tonk into an unrecognizable themed Halloween party. This year, you are invited to Dracula's Castle for a chance to party with the Immortal. Come as you are, as an Immortal, or dressed in any Halloween costume. Masquerade masks and fangs are encouraged for those too shy to go all out and will be supplied at the door while supplies last. There will be a $1,000 cash costume contest that will be determined by crowd favorite, so bring your friends. You can get $10 advance tickets or $20 at the door, and you must be over 21. Happening Saturday, October 21st, get more information at facebook.com slash baldmonkeybeanery. We have this from the inaugural Wicked Fest coming to Hannibal, Missouri. We've been dying to warn you about Wicked Fest, Hannibal, Missouri's inaugural Halloween and Horror Con, happening October 7th from 1 to 9 p.m. at the Admiral Kuntz Recreational Center. Sponsors, vendors, and cosplayers whose wares pertain to the world of Halloween and horror are cordially invited to contact us for more information, wickedfest at gmail.com. Guaranteed to be frighteningly fun, for more information, visit facebook.com slash bigrivercomiccon. We have this news from the Gray House Haunt in Holdridge, Nebraska. After some serious medical issues this year and a lot of thought, I have decided to close Gray House Haunts. We want to thank everyone who made Gray House possible. Without you, the staff, and customers, it never would have happened. I loved watching the house come alive each October, and I hope you all have a wonderful Halloween season. Thanks for everything. It's been wicked fun. Sincerely, Jan, a.k.a. The Gray Lady. Keep up with any updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash grayhousehaunts. We have an update from Days of the Dead coming to Houston, Texas. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of the 55th anniversary cast reunion of Night of the Living Dead to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Houston, happening September 29th through October 1st. Night of the Living Dead is the 1968 American independent horror film directed, photographed, and edited by George A. Romero with a screenplay by John Russo and Romero and starring Dwayne Jones and Judith O'Day. The story follows seven people who are trapped in a rural farmhouse in western Pennsylvania which is under assault by an enlarging group of flesh-eating undead ghouls. The reunion includes Judith O'Day, Russ Striner, Kira Sean, and Judith Ridley. Tickets are on sale now and daysofthedead.com. 
And finally, we have a little sad news from the Higby Horror Haunt in Modesto, California. We are sorry to inform everyone that unfortunately, Higby Horror Haunt will not be open for the 2023 season. We've been very fortunate to work with great partners such as the Halloween Guys and the Modesto Nuts in the past years. This is definitely not a goodbye as we are currently working on our 2024 season at a brand new location. So from now until then, we are keeping everyone up to date with details and some fun on all our socials, including TikTok. Thank you so much to all our loyal fans that follow us every year and visit. And we look forward to scaring you all in 2024. Keep up with updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Higby, H-I-G-B-E-E, Horror Haunt. Higby Horror Haunt. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Black Cat Attack, Sunday Sacrifice, on the Big Scary Show.
Ladies and gentlemen, that music does once again signify that the Round Table of Terror is once again here. And you know what else is here? Haunt season. Everybody is excited about it. Haunts have been opening up over the past few weeks and will continue to open up. Everybody get out there and support your local haunted attractions. And even some national ones. We know a lot of people like to travel and just make big, big trips this time of year. It is truly the most glorious time of the year. And when we say everybody get out there and support your haunts, we mean everybody. You know, unfortunately, there are people who are not able to get out to haunted houses during the regular season. Maybe they have mobility issues. Maybe they have sensitivities to strobe lights or fog or something like that. Maybe they're too young. You know, maybe the the recommended 14 and up, 12 and up, 16 and over, 18 and over, and you're, you know, you're eight years old and you really want to go to one of these things, but you don't want to be too terrified by the gore and the bloods, blood and the guts and everything. So there are a bunch of haunts out there that have started over the last few years putting on family friendly events. Maybe it's a matinee on Saturday or Sunday. Maybe it's a special daytime event where you can go through lights off or maybe it's something different. We put the call out. We got several haunt owners with us. I believe we have four this time. So we're going to have a very full house, and hopefully there will be some very lively conversation going on. But I would like to introduce our very special guests who have taken the time out to do this, because I know a lot of them are still working on haunts because they're not yet open. Ah, But thank you again to all our guests for doing this. But let's introduce first down in Plant City, Florida, with Sir Henry's Haunted Trail, we have Zach Glaros. Zach, are you there? Yep, I am here. Good to be here. Yeah, great to have you, sir. Let's head up the coast a little bit to Ocean View, New Jersey, to the Ocean View Trail of Terror, where we have Chris Gay on the line with us. Chris, how are you? Great. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's wonderful to have you here, sir. Head a little west over to Valparaiso, Indiana. We have Randall Bogarty, and I think I pronounced that right, with the Macabre Haunted House. Randall, are you there? Yeah, I am here, and glad to be here. And you were pretty close on the last name. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. I'll, I'll have it by the end of the roundtable, I'm sure. And down in Fultondale, Alabama, with Nightmare on 3008, we have Lori Bryan. Lori, are you with us? Yes, Sam. Thank you for having us. It is great to have all of you here, as well as our regular hosts, including up in Rhode Island, we have Storm. Greetings from the land of apple cider donuts. Okay. Oh, it's that time, isn't it? Uh, down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. Uh, greetings from the land of drive-by shootings into my Jeep. Only took about <laughs> 12 years, and now we got, you know, podcasts trying to take out I know who I blame. I, I, I know who I'm blaming. I blame. <laughs> yeah, same one. Yeah. There you go. Over in Fanful, Arkansas, we have Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone. Uh, is, is there more caffeine? Caffeine. I need caffeine, please. Someone caffeine. Your opening day is coming up, isn't it? Yeah, yes. right. 
we <laughs> we actually load into our location Saturday night. We're doing Saturday. We're doing training staff training on Saturday morning, and then overnight, beginning at eight o'clock p.m. Overnight is when we load in. Oof. Don't ask why. It's crazy. I'm buying stock in Red Bull. My name is Drew Badger. I believe the 90-degree days are finally becoming a thing of the past. It was 59 this morning. Fall is in the air. And we are just super excited that haunt season is finally here. But we want to talk about something more than haunt season. We want to talk about these special events that are going on at various haunted attractions around the United States you know, these four groups of haunters right here are doing really special things to bring in either the next generation or people who have issues going through haunted houses and giving them an opportunity to share the scare, so to speak. So let's start with Zach. Zach, tell us a little bit about Sir Henry's Haunted Trail and the special event that you have going on. Yeah, so we're an outdoor haunted attraction. We have three haunted trails. Uh, and new this year, we have a haunted hayride. Uh, we've been doing this for 10 seasons now. So we've been around the block a little bit. Um, our special family event that we're doing this year is going to be an accessibility night uh, for people with disabilities or special needs. Um, this is the first time we've done it. Uh, so it's going to be you know, interesting to see how it goes. Uh, we're lumping it together with our friends and family night. But we really wanted to take this opportunity to give... Um, those with special needs, uh, their own personal attention uh, going through our attractions and, and the trails and et cetera. And, you know, we've seen this over the past few seasons, well, frankly, ever since we started where, you know, you'll have a guest in, in a, a wheelchair, let's say, and it can be difficult to navigate in the woods outdoors as we are um, in a standard wheelchair, even electric scooter uh, during a busy show night, let's say in the middle or end of the month of October. And we really wanted to take the time to, you know, set aside um, a, a time and space for an event to where um, those those in need could come and enjoy the attraction for for what it's supposed to be, and, and not feel rushed or you know skipping over scenes or what have you. So we decided to do this special event. Um, this will be this Friday for us. Uh, we've got our our staff in place ready to go. Uh, we've kind of identified how we're going to, you know, handle the situations that may arise, whether it be mobility devices, scooters, wheelchairs. Uh, we're going to have a, a quiet space for those who may have sensory issues. Um, so we've really got some great stuff coming for this event. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to hear maybe some other of you guys feedback on if you've done anything similar to this, too. Um, like I said, too, we added a hayride this year and we made sure to build one hayride trailer that is um, wheelchair accessible. So we have a ramp that they'll be able to go up and lock in place so they, that they can uh, see the hayride for what it is too. So we're excited about this. We're excited to um, give, give this show to, to the, those fans in, in need. Now, from what I understand, did you have to pre-register for this? Yes. Yeah, so we sent out uh, social media information and bulletins. Um, kind of giving some guidelines about this event and the qualifications, et cetera, et cetera. And we, um, I, we worked with, uh, we have a novel out and it was written by Amanda Rosenblatt and she has kind of helped us put this together, the PR behind it all. Um, so she's been kind of doing the back end side of things on this. 
Um, and she would send out an invite to those who registered on this form. And uh, we would reach out to them that way to set them up for this coming Friday. Okay, because uh, again, by the time this airs, that registration and I believe the event will actually be over. But right. I have no doubt that you'll probably do this next year. So this is a good Absolutely. put the bug in your head about next year. So, yep. you know, it, it sounds like it's going to be a very, very interesting night. We certainly want to hear more about it. But um, let's talk to Chris. Chris, tell us a little bit about Ocean View Trail of Terror and tell us about the family friendly events that you are putting on. So we're a fire department based charity haunt. Most of the actors are the firefighters or family, some friends. A uh, smaller haunt, it's a just, just a trail in the woods, starts in the firehouse engine bay. Uh, we pull through on a busy night, four to 500 people. We do our sensory-friendly event. It started as just kids trick-or-treat on the trail. Uh, we're in kind of a rural area, so not a lot of trick-or-treating because, when, you know, 50-mile-an-hour roads and trick-or-treating don't get along well. Uh, there's the trunk-or-treat for the kids in the area, but we wanted something a little more traditional, so they trick-or-treat along the trail. The first year we did it was our first year of operation six years ago, at seven due to the thing we're not going to talk about, but <laughs> we've been in operation for six years, six years of no scare trick or treat. We realized the first year real quickly that a lot of children on the spectrum and special needs children were coming to the event. So we added on to trick or treat to make it a sensory friendly trick or treat. So it kind of umbrellaed over everyone there. Uh, nighttime or scary, we're in the woods. There's only so much you can turn down a chainsaw or turn down the audio or make the fog not be there. Daytime, I've got a lot more control over what's scary, what's not. And we find that so many people, once they got the idea of what we were doing, it blew up. The first year we had 20 some kids come through. Last year was 400. I already have 800 RSVPs this year. So it wow. almost doubles every year. Uh, if you hand out candy, buy a lot. We learned that real quickly. <laughs> that that's tremendous and all of the uh, proceeds go to benefit the fire department exactly excellent a very good cause randall tell us about macabre haunt and it, it's spelled m-a-a-c-a-b-r-e i'm assuming the m-a-a-c which is capitalized means something well you are absolutely correct uh the m-a-a-c is a multi-agency academic cooperative uh, that facility run by the McMillan Foundation is a uh, law enforcement, uh, first responder, firefighter, paramedic uh, training facility, uh, one of the largest in Indiana. Uh, they make a hole in their schedule for us uh, just long enough to build and give us three buildings. Um, about We have about seven days to get everything together, and we have four hours to tear it down at the end because they resume training the uh, Monday following our last performance. Uh, as far we've been doing this uh, as Bogothy Fright Productions, we're a volunteer uh, charity haunt group for about 14 years now. Uh, Macab is uh, this is going to be our third year at that location, uh, but we've been all over Northwest Indiana doing uh, just getting a bunch of scary people together to build haunted houses for various charity organizations. The wow. uh, the actual uh, Family friendly is something that uh, we've been doing probably for about 10 years now. Uh, I'm sorry to say we had never considered uh, the autism spectrum end of things, but I'm certainly thinking about it, uh, listening to uh, the other people here. Uh, definitely something uh, we're going to look into for sure. 
Um, our family friendly, uh, we, we set aside a Sunday uh, between performances and it is a uh, lights on, uh, scary stuff covered. Uh, adults and uh, volunteers in uh, more family-friendly costumes, and uh, we have tour guides leading the younger ones through uh, and handing out candy at various locations throughout. Um, as far as uh, mentioning the uh, ADA compliance, uh, we've always built uh, with that in mind. Uh, this particular location does have a second floor but we have uh, volunteer firefighters that are willing to uh, lend a hand if uh, a guest uh, has mobility issues. We had uh, multiple last year that uh, went through on the arm of a happy volunteer firefighter. I love that. That's, that's great. And the fact that they donate buildings to you. Wow. You know, how many haunt owners would love to have that happen, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, Lori, I, go ahead. Sorry. I would oh, say, okay. uh, they're they're very uh, good in the they want the they're using this to raise public awareness for their facility. They've been very very uh, generous in uh, giving us uh, example shipping containers so we can have our equipment and props stored on site. So mm -hmm. just an awesome sponsor to work with. Certainly, and Lori. Last yes, but not sir. least. Tell us about Nightmare on 3008 and the special events that you are putting on this year. And I, I will admit, yours was the first I saw. So you're 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 the inspiration for this roundtable tonight. Oh, well, thank you. Um, well, we, this is our 11th year, and we have been doing our special events for the last four. The kids stay five years, the century four. Um the way that our century had got started, there was a lady that lived across the street from where the haunt's located. And she called and said that her son um, really loves Halloween, loves everything Halloween. and But he can't go through the shows because of the lights and the people touching him and everything like that. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what. I said, why don't you just come down? Um, we're getting in makeup at four. And he can hang out with the characters. We'll put some makeup on him and we'll walk him through the show by himself. And with the characters in place, when that kid walked out of the haunt with the biggest smile on his face, it brought all of us to tears. And the mom was like, this kid has not smiled in about six or seven months. And she's like, thank you for making his day. And he walked around hugging all the characters and she's like, he's not a touchy person. He doesn't like people touching him. So we were like, okay, well, there's obviously more people that are out there like that. So then we started our sensory day and what we do is it's all ages. Um, we charge $5 to, for them to get in, whether that matter what we take no strobes, no fog machines, no jump scares, no loud noises, um, nothing like that. They walk through and it's done. We do this on a Sunday afternoon from three to five before our normal show starts. And our kids day, um, we do three to five on a Sunday. They dress up in costumes. They come through and they go actually go through the haunted house in the scenes and our characters are passing out candy to them. And yes, you're right. You, we started buying candy last month because it's like ours have grown. I mean, we started out like, you know, a couple of people. And then this last year we had over 350 people 
350 kids. That's not including the adults. That's just the kids that come through. And it's so funny because they'll come in and they'll be like, okay, yeah, this was great. And they'll end up coming back that night and going through the regular season. And which was, that was our point was to get it across that it's not, yes, it's supposed to be scary, but it's not bad scary. And you, there's, it's such an art and it's a losing art and people are, you and know that it's not a bad thing. And so when they come back that night with their families and stuff, it's just an awesome, it's just awesome to see the kids love it. Oh, that's tremendous. And, you know, and if nothing else, you know, those kids that are going through all of your haunts, you know, once they realize, oh, this is what it is, it's not as scary as I'm imagining it to be. You know, when those kids are teenagers and they have mom and dad's money, they'll they'll start bringing their friends, hopefully, to to your haunted houses. And you have just, you know, ensured another 10 to 15 years of existence, hopefully. So, you know, what has been the uh, reaction from the local communities with uh, all of your different haunts? Do you guys get a lot of media attention to this? Do you bring in the news crews to advertise this? Or or do you have people that are like, haunted houses should be scary? Or or what kind of reactions do you get? That's that's open to everybody. We've had a tremendous... Hey, we... <laughs> that... Uh... <laughs> to the point of, uh, we've had we had a seven and an eight year old uh, vi volunteer last year sign up after going through it. Uh, they just loved it so much that they wanted to come for the next weekend's performances. And uh, one dressed, uh, they brought their own costumes, their own made themselves up. Just uh, loved every second of it. And uh, mom and dad were worried that taking them through uh, during lights on and everything else would uh, scare them too much, but they loved it and. Got some good scares. One was Sam from Trick or Treat, and the other one was a scary clown. <laughs> all all clowns are scary, right? Let's let's just let's just get that out of the way. But uh, what else? Who else has had some uh you know different reactions, or you know what has been the reaction to the community on this? So advertising our haunt, I put a huge amount of effort into advertising the actual nighttime scary show. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube all of it flyers all i do for the sensory friendly event is post a facebook event and it takes off on its own it gets reshared by community pages uh, last year we heard it being talked about on the radio during the event and we were kind of like uh oh this just got big so <laughs> it advertises itself as soon as you get it out there and people know what it is but also it brings people to your site to your social media so, yeah, they bring the kids that day, but now they know about the event for the rest of the season. So it's been a media juggernaut for us, with minimal effort, really. Fantastic. Zach, Lori, how's the community yeah. embracing these? Kind of piggybacking off of what Christopher was saying, um, this being our first year we've, we've done this, we just made a post about it, and the organic reach and response to that was was very very positive um, a lot of people just very appreciative of us taking the time to do this um and acknowledging those needs out there um so i think it's only going to continue to build the more we do this over the years to come so i think response has been great do you yeah. uh promote like it at ada specific groups or anything like that you know the people who are you know more your target demographic 
Yes, we have some a few channels on social media and through emails that we've been pushing it. Um, but we didn't want to push it too heavy just because we wanted to see how this first year would go. Um, but I anticipate kind of ramping that up um, over the next couple of years. Sure. Yeah, we, we did the same thing. We make a, a Facebook um, post and send out invites. We've had the news to cover us a couple of times and we have it on our billboards and stuff. But the community outreach is amazing. There's so many people that, you know, like we made a post three weeks ago and everybody else is already like, oh my gosh, thank y'all for doing this. This is awesome. I'm glad y'all were doing this. And so it's, it's really just amazing that how well the community has, you know, really responded to it. So. Jonna, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that uh, your haunt Banshee Manor, don't they also do a family friendly event? We do a scare free night. And what we do is, because Banshee Manor is a medieval Scottish castle, what we do is, is basically we do almost like a museum tour. Myself and one of my crone sisters, and um, we have no other actors in there. We do hide anything that may be a little bit too intense. Um, but we basically guide the groups through. We alternate, take it a group, and we, we tell them stories. And we're both improv actors. And so we interact with the kids and we ask them questions and we make corny jokes and we tell them, you know, like the gargoyle Ed, you know, how did he end up inside the castle instead of outside of the castle? Because he's supposed to protect us, but he did a lousy job, you know, things like that. And then at the end, um, we, we get them to actually scream. We're like, well, you know, we didn't run into the Banshee, but let's see if we could scream like one. And we get them all to scream and they love it. And because we keep it campy and fun, the adults who are coming with the kids, they're enjoying it too. Sometimes they're laughing, you know, more than the kids, you know, and they're, they're like really enjoying it. So last year was first year we did it this year. We we're doing it again and we've already got more pre-sale tickets for that night than what we had show up last year. So I think that's a good indication that there's definitely a need for it. Plus, with me being in a family-friendly venue, it's nice to be able to offer people because, you know, they always have the misconception because we're in a family-friendly venue that Banshee Manor is not scary, that it's all kid-friendly, where it's a full-on scare hunt. So it's nice to be able to say, no, this is not for the little ones, but we do have a night that would be appropriate for them to come. So that's what we do. I want to remind you, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror. Here on the Big Scary Show, we are talking special family-friendly events that are going on during the haunt season for those that may not be able to attend regular nights with our very special guests, Zach Galeros, Chris Gay, Randall Bogarty, and Lori Bryan, our usual hosts. We're going to take a very short break for this very important message, and we will be right back are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction haunt pay has the answer we skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots variable ticket types bundle and combo tickets social media discounts and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door as well as 
upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror. We are talking about family-friendly events, kid-friendly events, ADA-friendly, non-sensory events that are happening at various haunted attractions around the country, specifically in Florida, New Jersey, Indiana, and Alabama with our very special guests, our regular co-hosts. And I forgot before the break to ask Storm. Storm, did Trails to Terror do a family-friendly event while they were still in operation? Yeah, actually, we did um, the first couple of years I was working there. So this is quite a while ago. This is, you know, probably, you know, early to my haunt career. So we're talking 15 plus years ago. So, um, you know, social media was pretty much limited to uh, MySpace. And there really wasn't that type of marketing. So we'd actually have to market it. And we did a Trails to Treats. And, you know, what's neat hearing tonight is um, – the placement and where uh, the haunts are putting uh, the availability for this. Cause I think the mistake we made with trails to treats was we did it on Halloween night. Uh, those two years, Halloween, I think fell on a weekday. So we weren't going to be open uh, because we just weren't getting a pool previous years. Uh, if it's a weeknight for Halloween. Uh, but you know, everybody said, Oh, this is a great idea. Uh, trails and treats oh yeah some non-scary yeah i've been wanting to bring my son or daughter through the hayride and we you know we uh would it'd be right after a season so we'd be taking down you know some of the scary props and the animatronics anyway and pretty much we changed the uh, soundtrack on our hayride and it'd go around to a couple of the scenes and the kids would trick-or-treat we'd give them candy and and we'd have some sort of musical thing going on. For example, I, you know, dressed up like a Frankenstein monster and did a terrible, awful, silly dance to the Monster Mash. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. And people come out to do it, enjoyed it. But we weren't getting a draw for it because it's Halloween night. Families and stuff had other plans, other things going on, other traditions. And uh, we only did it those two couple of years because we'd have to put a lot into advertising. Um because it's, it's different than it is uh, today. And uh, we weren't getting enough people to come through to really pay for the gas on the tractors for an evening. It was a lot of fun. I love those two uh, Halloween nights we did it. But I just I love this idea of some of these shows having it a little ahead of time, you know, before a normal show, uh, definitely on Sundays and early in the season. You know, this is this is something that, you know, whew, if we had thought of it years ago, it, it would have worked with it. And, you know, brings in a, a, a an extra level of income, but it's just good with, the, you know, your town, your neighborhood and that community vibe that sometimes haunts will lose because you have to deal with noise and traffic and just some of the stigma that haunts have. This can erase a lot of that type of stigma just by having this type of event. Absolutely. And man, do I hope there is video of you doing the monster mash. Oh, I, mean, uh, I, ho I hope that exists somewhere. Again, I don't. I don't even think we had uh, cell phones. Didn't even have video cameras on them at the time. You know, every everything was a flip phone. So, yeah. Thankfully, no, Alas. there isn't. <laughs> Alas, uh, anybody has video, please email it to us, and uh, there will be a reward for you. But uh, 
Anyway, um, any questions from the host for our guests at this time? Uh, yeah. One one of the questions I had is, do you physically have to make any changes to your haunt or, or what you got going on with like ramps or taking out certain things to make it more accessible? Um, is it anything more than just shutting off some of the, the blinking lights and turning down the volume? Is there, you know, some physical changes you have to do to the haunt in order to do this type of show? So at our show, we reduced touch points, which basically 2020 we were trying to open anyway. We were going to do that regardless. So all the doors are propped open. Any hanging fear flaps are tied open. Uh, just anything of that nature. So the sight lines aren't blocked. When sight lines are open, it's a little less scary, especially daytime and everything's lit. So reducing the touch points was a big one. And also just censoring anything that was a little too spooky for the kids. So some of the props get a trash bag over top, things like that. Yeah, How about you, Zach? From, and go ahead. Yeah, so speaking from just more of the ADA, you know, wheelchair um, issue there, I would say that we have, you know, like I say, we, we made a specialty trailer on our hayride just for uh, wheelchair accessibility. And within the haunt itself, too, you know, there's crazy cool stuff we could do um, to make things very tight and claustrophobic. But we do limit ourselves because not just for this particular night, but there there may be a night during the season where we have a wheelchair guest and they want to come through that night. Um, we still want them to be able to experience that. So we have to be cognitive about how we're laying stuff out, how we're building it so that everyone can experience it um, and get the same, you know, reaction and, and scares that everyone deserves. With you being ADA, did you have to build ramps or or I'm very curious how you're going to be transporting a lot of people along gravel and trails. Are yeah. there going to be like, you know, you, you said you have a hayride that's wheelchair compliant, but for people who don't want to ride the hayride, they just want to go through the trail or otherwise, how, how does that work? Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time this season um, investing and in putting basically asphalt down on this whole hayride uh, and, and mulch. So it, it's yeah, nothing's ever foolproof with us being outdoors and in, in, in the middle of the woods, but um, it's, it's as best as we can do. And we have an incredible staff and they are always there for our guests and to make sure that they get through. They have a great experience no matter what it takes. Um, you know, but like I said, nothing's ever perfect. Sometimes there are instances where we physically can't get a guest through, but we always make sure that we make it up in some form or fashion to them. And just a shout out to our guests. They are always very understanding, very happy. Whenever those rare instances occur, um, very appreciative of us just being able to do what we do for them. Very nice. Lori, what about you? Uh, what, what kind of extra or things do you do that are different than a regular night? Well, we, um, for our kids' day, we have a tour guide that walks the kids through. So nothing really has changed. Our characters are in costume and stuff like that. There's just no scare. And then with them having the tour tour guide, the tour guide has the little flashlight with them. So that's all fine. Um, for our sensory and stuff, the people that come through a wheelchair, we do have ramps um, for them. And then uh, if there's certain scenes that the like the claustrophobic scenes and stuff like that, 
Um, we have an exit to the egress that will put them back into the scene after them. So we can get them in and out. Okay. And how about you, Randall? Anything we, different? Yeah. Uh, for the, uh, for the kids event, uh, we will turn all our uh, interior lighting to white mode, uh, take it off of its normal settings, uh, eliminate any flickering, anything like that. Uh, we use tour guides as well. Uh, it just seems to uh, work out a lot better. The uh, younger ones are a lot less scared if there's somebody there pointing out what's going on. Uh, we cover anything uh, gory or really terrifying with uh, white sheets, and we use uh, fluorescent uh, dots from our dot room for eyes with those. And uh, various staff members, uh, not in their normal costuming, but uh, more kid-friendly kind of costumes for that. And we always build uh, ADA compliant Um that's actually part of uh, the fire code out here is you have to be. Uh, and we have bypasses for, we have a section of the haunt that's on a second floor that they have, we have to bypass them through. Uh, but haven't had any complaints about uh, having to bypass anything and gives us a little uh, way to get everybody the best experience. You mentioned something about um ADA compliance, which, you know, we've been talking about all this, but um, uh, got me thinking here, when, when you have to have your inspectors come in or your fire marshal come in, do they know in advance that you guys are doing a family-friendly event? Do they have to come out here and inspect that as well? Is that considered a separate event that they need to check off, quote-unquote, again? Or do they look at that and say, oh, my goodness, that's wonderful. I'm just going to be extra lenient with... um." passing you guys and permitting you guys this year? Well, actually, uh, we operate under a uh, building department and uh, fire safety board uh, variants. So I have to go in front of the uh, state board and give them a layout of the entire haunt. Uh, they have their fire inspector come out and they'll give us a variance. Uh, we have to jump through some really big hoops to uh, be allowed to operate in the buildings that we're operating in. Uh, including having a uh, fire crew on on staff, uh, having fire watch. Uh, fortunately, the whole facility has got surveillance cameras, uh, fire extinguishers in every room, all that kind of stuff. So, but they allow us to do it, and uh, no separate separate inspection for the family event. How about the um, other guests? Do you uh, do you have to deal with the fire marshal a second time for something like this? We don't have to do it for uh, a second time, but our when we first got started and moved locations and the fire department you know they come through did the walk through i have to have a um escape plan um and they have to show we have to show them our escape plan with customers or in the staff and stuff and but the first time that they went through and they went through with the lights off and characters in place and stuff and walking through and uh, showing them they're like Mm, this would be good to have like one of our fire trainings in here. So now um, at least once a year, them and the SWAT team will use our haunted house for uh, training exercise. So it, it worked out both ways. Cause, cause a lot of people they're like, this is like really dark and it's like got fog in it and we don't have to set fires and the fogs, you know, fog machines you can't see and it chokes you out just like 
regular smoke does. So we're like, we could do this instead of having to go set something on fire. So it's pretty awesome. cool. That's that's a whole that. other attraction event. You could you could sell <laughs> right? tickets to have people just watch a SWAT team go through a haunt. That's fantastic. Just throw a couple couple of zombies in there, you're good to go. I said, we can get you some characters and you can act like you're like, you know, we got uh, the the jelly ball. I said, you can use that and shoot our characters and stuff. But the first time we did it, everybody was ringing my husband's phone and my phone off. And they're like, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening up there? Why is all the SWAT team up there? I'm like, chill out. They're just practicing. Jim, why don't you do that? It's funny that that's exactly what our buildings are that they let us use. Uh, one of them is the SWAT team's live fire uh, shoot house. Why do you guys not have a SWAT team haunt as part of your thing? Oh my gosh, that's be tremendous to like, you know, instead of making it SWAT team members, have it like something out of Aliens, where you know they're they're colonial Marines and they're leading you, sur- your band of survivors, through an alien infested warehouse. And uh, oh, I, I can totally see that. I can <laughs> one more thing. Um, we have uh, access, and we use it as an add-on uh, fundraising attraction. Uh, you guys familiar mm-hmm. with the virtual simulator? Yes. Uh, we have. Uh, they run that in zombie mode. For uh, VIP uh, ticket purchasers. Oh, that's cool. It's a uh, 320 degree virtual reality shoot don't shoot simulator that law enforcement uses. It does have a zombie invasion mode. <laughs> oh, Lord. I have got to come to Valparaiso sometime and, and check this out. Oh, nope. That's tremendous. Yeah. Any, uh, any other questions from the hosts? Jonna, I know you're getting ready to, you know, open up in a few days, and I know you're doing something family friendly. Any any specific questions? I just um, am really impressed with with that you guys are doing this, and I'm really glad that um, this is becoming more and more prevalent. Because what I really hate is whenever little kids try to come through our haunt, or while the parents try to drag little kids through our my haunt. And they're terrified. And I don't want to scar the kids. I want to scar the adults, scar the <laughs> teenagers. But I don't want to scar little kids because I, I remember loving kindergarten, loving Halloween so much as a little kid. And I just, you know, I love that this is a way to be able to pass on that tradition and that love of Halloween. So, so Joanna, you guys. Joanna, on um, our regular season, when we have those parents that come in there and you've got the kids that are just terrified, my room's the front room and I'm usually the one that tells a little story and stuff. So if I have a kid that's in there and they're like just terrified, terrified, I'll walk over to them, bend over, whisper in their ear and I'll be like, okay, you want to, I said, who brought you here? And they'll point to them and I'm like, okay, do you want to work with me? And you scared them and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So then I'll pull them over to the side and be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then, so I'll look at, look at the adults. I'm like, you better scream, you better jump, you know? And then, so that pulls the kid into it, but it also, it takes that fear away from them too. And then they can enjoy the rest of the haunted house and they know that okay these characters even though they're scary they're not going to hurt me we have a yeah, similar we tactic 
Yeah, we do sometimes um, we'll, if we see a kid that's just really freaking out, but still wants to be in there, they don't want to exit, you know, during a chicken to, you know, through a chicken exit or anything mm -hmm. is we call ahead and we say, nice monster, nice monster. And basically the monsters go to sleep and oh, we'll tell them the monsters are going to go to sleep and the actors will actually make a big deal of, you know, pretending like they're snoring and, and, you know, laying their head down on things and stuff. And that way the kid, you know, gets on out and really thinks it's, you know, kind of cool that they put the kids, the monsters. Monster to sleep. That's cool. <laughs> we uh, give out uh, to the ones that look nervous in the queue line. We give out uh, glow bracelets, which is monster repellent. The, uh, and we'll have our ticket takers uh, point out to the little ones that if you get hold, hold up your arm, show them that you have that and nothing is going to get you. Uh, doesn't work with adults though that that's the cue to go <laughs> right <laughs> so we do the monster repellent bracelets but we also give the kids a little plastic fire helmet that you give out at fire prevention night and kind of amp them up a little bit hey the firefighters go on house fires which are scary so if they can do that wearing their fire helmet your fire helmet's going to take care of you in here so that little mental boost for the kid it's kind of like you know a little kid oh, wearing batman that. armor that just that's feels strong cool. So, plus it's cute, makes great pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. As a cue line actor at various haunts, if I ever see a kid that's really terrified, I'll go up to the parents and, and point at the kid and be like, um, can you tell your kid not to be so scary? Because I, I'm terrified. I don't even want to look at him in the eyes. And about nine times out of ten, they get it. And they look at me and sometimes I'll go, Arr! and if they do that, I... I jump and I start running away in this over-exaggerated, you know, comedic style. And sometimes the kids will start chasing me around the midway or something, which is very entertaining. And and hopefully that kid at that point has become a Haunted House fan because he has scared the scary wow. haunt actor out there. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times that has happened to me. And, you know, everybody's watching and everyone's pointing and laughing and everything. And it just really, really you know, takes away their fear. So you, you make them a part of the haunt like that. And, and that's just great. You know, I, I've seen haunts give out like little mini led flashlights. And if they shine it at the, the actors, the actors start hiding and going back into their, you know, reset places and, and, you know, make them a part of the haunt. And, you know, in, in 10 years, when that seven-year-old is 17 and has mom and dad's money, He's going to want to go to the haunted attraction as opposed to being so traumatized that he'll never buy a ticket to a haunted house when you want him at that delicate age. Any uh, any more questions for well, our guests? Not question, but I was going to say I'm not above shaming the parents um, <laughs> because we we do say on our website on everything you know that it's you know, six and above, no one under six, but you'll get the, you know, the kid, the parent who, you know, I'll say, are you six years old? And they'll be, or how old are you? And they like to look at their parent, like, how old am I supposed to be? So, you know, they're lying, you know, <laughs> and I will talk to the kid. I will, you know, squat down and talk to the kid. And I was like, okay, so no matter how scared your dad gets or your mom or whatever, you know, they can't pick you up and, and so that, you know, I, I, I have no problem with shaming the parents. 
any other questions for our guests? Yeah, one of my last questions uh, for each of our guests. Um, did you find it uh, as difficult as you initially thought to make things, uh, you know, for this type of event, uh, to, to tone down the haunt and to make sure you're ADA compliant? What was as much of a challenge when you first thought of the idea and said, oh, we need we need to look into doing this? Not um not really. Uh, the only thing is just that's the reason why we chose to do it on a Sunday from three to five, because then it gave us two hours to reset and get ready for the show at seven. The one thing I did find some kids are scared of their shadow. Uh, the first year we did it, a child around to the corner saw we had scarecrows that got progressively scarier. The first one was smiling. The second one was grinning. The third one had a snarl. You saw the first one turned, ran. <sighs> Only so much you can do, but for the most part now, it's pretty easy to set up. It's just set everything up and don't plug it in. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good advice for any, or that it's a great question for anybody that may be considering doing this next year. You know, how difficult is it to, uh, to set up? Yeah, I was just going to chime in on that too. Um, obviously with the ADA stuff that you, you want to make sure everything's right with that. But um, I think for us, it hasn't been so much of a challenge that is more of pressure on us to get it right so that everybody can enjoy it. So I think that's, that's where we put the stress at for ourselves. Yeah, a little bit planning ahead and it, it works and you, you really aren't making your scene that much less scary or unable to make it scary later, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's one of the things I found out while building and especially even for outdoors. It's it isn't as hard as outdoors. I know, Badger, you sort of were questioning, you know, how can you get a wheelchair through, especially with like mulch and uneven ground. And uh, it's it's not as hard as long as it's uh, dry. But, uh, you know, we've uh, the trail I worked at, we we'd have a patron come through on a motorized wheelchair every year. And I think one year it was a little rainy and he needed a zombie assist. Uh, every once in a while. Uh, but otherwise, I, I think there's only one scene we ever built that didn't have the width for a wheelchair to go through. And that was a tight, dark maze anyway. So we had to have a cut through uh, for people who are claustrophobic or, uh, you know, that afraid of the dark. Uh, so it r really wasn't too much. It missed half a scene in reality. But uh, it's it's not as hard as, as some people do. It just takes a little planning ahead. And, you know, you might have to spring a couple extra dollars to make sure you get the LEDs that can switch over to white light than just uh, the one color. I will say about the hallways, whenever you're doing ADA, because my haunt, that's the only thing my city requested of me was to make sure it was ADA compliant. So every year it's been that way. Um. So basically, you know, just make sure your hallways are 36 inches. Make sure your, you know, little doorways are 36 inches. But you need to also remember, if you're in a wheelchair, can they make certain turns? Um, because you can plan 36 inches, 36 inches. But if you've got the turn is too sharp in a wheelchair, especially if they have um, a motorized one or something, you have to make sure you can get around those corners. Even though they're 36 inches, they're technically ADA. 
you could still have some issues. Um, I learned that my first year. Um, yeah, no, we, we, we've also learned this year, both of us, that, you know, the, the, you add a boot to a wheelchair, you got to oh really gosh, make yes. sure you have some maneuverability. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, we, uh, we used to do it 36 way back when, but we realized soon that you have to have that extra width for those sharp turns and, and for the bigger mobility devices. We, I think we started doing at least 42 inches for our stuff. And I'm, I'm sure the haunt didn't become suddenly less scary because of that. I think that's what gets into a lot of uh, builders' heads when they start playing out and doing it. They go, well, if I got to do it and say I'm compliant, uh, it's just not going to be scary. But a, a 36 or 42-inch hallway isn't that, you know, it, it, you, you, you're not building a grand uh, palace for them to come through. It's, it's tighter than you think, and it, it does not take away from the effect. And if the Shining Twins are at the end of it, it's scary regardless. <laughs> but the yeah, scariest I... thing is if you're not ADA um, or you're not fire compliant or you're not, you know, doing what you need to do because you're so worried about the scare factor. If you forget some of those important things, getting shut down the day before you open by the fire marshal, that's what's scary, guys. Well, that and turning away somebody who wants to go through. I mean, that's 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 the worst thing. You know, good advertising are the people too scared to go through and they leave the front, you know, are, are screaming and run away from your haunt, especially if you get them to buy the ticket first and then decide they're too scared. But, you know, the, the worst thing as an owner and for you for you doing this is if somebody, you know, can't do it who really wants to. And, you know. A lot of this, this is why you guys are awesome for having this uh, type of show and stuff. I've, I've had some mobility issues over the past year and a half. You get so self-conscious with it, too. So even just having a day that people know, oh, I can go and do this. I'm not going to feel like I'm going to be a burden or in the way on a busy Saturday night. And I can see, you know, what this haunt has to offer and be comfortable with it to come back the rest of the season or another year without even thinking. Uh, you know, that's that's the neat thing I love about this. And the other thing is, especially the little kids, um, the, the, the people with some of the uh, developmentally disabled abilities, they were some of my favorite customers. They were the ones who were the neatest. I mean, especially little kids who would be scared of my character in the queue at the beginning, but then want a hug at the end of the night. You know, that, that, that those are customers you remember a lot more than the ones you really scare. It's the ones who enjoy what you built. Can't can't complain about can't say anything about that. That's absolutely tremendous and uh, a, a very, very cool point. Um, anybody have any like really good stories? Like, like Storm just mentioned the the kid that would be scared and then would come up and give you a hug. Has anybody had one of those kind of you know stories you will never forget from some very cool customer that went through and and maybe had an unexpected reaction or maybe had an a, a better time than you expected them to? Who who's got some good stories? Everyone's got to well, have uh, one. I can kick it off with, you know, I had two managers who absolutely lost their freaking minds one night because a little person came through and, 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 and they went bonkers. 
they tried recruiting a poor guy in the parking lot. They, they, they just <laughs> lost their mind. <laughs> did they did they succeed? Uh, no, no. The the, the guy had, had travel and he'd have to come from Providence and you know other stuff. But they, they they really went bonkers when they found out that he is a professional wrestler on the amateur wrestling circuit in the area too. Then then they really you know were like, oh, we got to find a way. But uh, no, that <laughs> didn't work out that way. Oh well. <laughs> well, I don't Anyone know. Else? It relates to uh, the stories, uh, you know, he obviously had great uh, Q-line experiences, and uh, I don't ever find any time to act or anything like that. But re- what really got us going on the uh, ADA accessibility and uh, the idea of appealing to uh, the youngsters, uh, we started out uh, doing a, a six-room chicken-run haunt in a grade school. And uh, one of the kids, it was his great-grandfather, World War II vet, was injured in World War II and riding in a mobility device and had a little bit of trouble getting him through, but he just enjoyed that so much. uh, It was unbelievable. Uh, His grandkids were great-grandkids, I'm not sure, but they were actually volunteering for us at the time. And it was just, we it opened our eyes that we had to do that. I think one of my most memorable people or customers that come through, there was um, a little old couple. They were like 92 years old. And I don't get to see the people who come in my room before they come in my room. And they let just these two people in. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my God, please do not let these people have a heart attack while they're going through the hunt and stuff like that. And so they, they all, they walked through, they made it through and we, you know, held the line up a little bit to give them some extra time to walk through because they were walking slow and stuff. And I just had to come out of my room and come out at the end to see, you know, how they enjoyed it and stuff like that. They come out of the hunt just laughing and having a good time. And I was like, did y'all enjoy it? And they were like, yeah. And that was their we were their first haunted house that they'd ever been to. And they said it was on their bucket list and that they wanted to go through a haunted house before they passed away. Wow. That's awesome. That That's like, that's romance right there. Right. <laughs> you know, Chris or Zach. Yeah, well, being in a real area, we get a lot of people who it's their first haunted house and, I, we made the name really obvious, Trail of Terror. It's a trail. It's scary. And we still get the questions all the time. Is it scary? Is it a hayride? Yeah, it's a trail of terror. But anyway, uh, so we do get a lot of people bring the kids that are just too young, too scared. And for that kid to be able to come back and reconquer the trail later, we usually do it the last Saturday of the season. It's usually the last day of the seasons when we do our no scare, century friendly. For that kid to have that opportunity to come back and conquer the trail, and half the time they come back that Saturday night and they don't chicken out. They're brave now and they enjoy it and they love it. And I've gotten voicemails like, hi, I need to talk with the manager. I call them back Sunday and they're like, you made my kids Halloween. They're not afraid of the con anymore. They they love horror movies. And I was like, whoa, I just changed this kid's life by letting them walk through in the daytime. So totally worth the effort. I'd recommend it to anyone. I'm sorry. Having... Having worked a haunt named Trails to Terror, uh, I, I get you with that one. The people asking, is it scary? And I'd have to go, it's not Trails to Rainbows. <laughs> exactly. 
I had a um, question to answer too. Uh, you get those calls where they're saying, uh, "Is it you know, what's the young age?" And it, it, my kid's going to be too scared to go through. And well, the honest answer to it is, how how brave is your kid? I've had you know four or five year olds go through and not bat an eye, and you know eighteen year old football players run run screaming out of the place. So all depends. Tough question to answer. We did now, have the institute a rule. Uh, no child may be carried on the trail because we had people bringing infants because they just oh, yeah. didn't get it. Yeah, um, that's make the yeah, exactly. the door, but safety. Our response is is um, you know it's it's up it's up to the parents, but we don't have to go home with them. We don't have to deal with the nightmares, so that's on you. Um, but we do have, and our and our characters know that anything eight and under don't target them don't you know you can play with them make them have a good time but don't make them the focus of your scare leave them alone and target the tortured the parents that brought them through that's dragging them through this yeah well, we'll literally if they're dragging the kid through when sort of sorry about that you know back in um 2009 I was working at Kings Island in Cincinnati uh, in Slaughterhouse, and I was like the first room the kids came into him, and I'm this big butcher with, with uh, I don't know, some kind of pig face or something. I don't remember what it was at the time. But um, the first one of the first groups that came in was a mother, father, and a boy, probably about six to eight years old, wearing a Dracula costume. So I don't play favorites. I go after anybody that comes to a room unless I've been told differently. So I went after this kid and he stopped, looked at me, raised his cape up and bared his fangs at me. <laughs> and I know that kid is going to be a haunter. <laughs> and it was just... What the were you? What? But were you scared of him? Yes, I was. <laughs> Hard. He bared those fangs in that cape, and I went, ugh, and backed off like I was scared of him. I think it probably made his night. <laughs> yeah, who knows? He might be working at King's Island now. Possible. Exactly. I think the I other key say... point, uh, I was going to say, I think the other key point that uh, you know this conversation has brought up is the importance of making sure that your support team knows what's going on as part of this you know we would have our managers go through ahead of a group with a scared kid so that we knew not to jump out of the dark because sometimes we couldn't communicate or have it coming around they knew what to do to have uh, to help somebody on and off the hayride uh who would be in a wheelchair or crutches or something you know i i think having that communication from your ticket person through your um any house managers right to any parking lot attendance is very important uh, that they are briefed and, and know where you are with things on just about every subject we talked about tonight. Yeah, I was just going to piggyback on what everybody is saying. Uh, we've all had those little kids come through deathly afraid, death, you know, crying, screaming, don't want to go. The parents have dragged them there. Uh, this one girl in particular, um, came out probably four or five years ago and she was just in tears at, at our front gate and i go over to her in character 
as Sir Henry and just kind of talk to her, you know, show her I'm not scary. You know, I'm a, I'm a cool skeleton. And somehow she calmed down enough that she decided she would want to go through one of the trails with me. And I told her, you know, it's going to be okay. You're going through me. Uh, it's like you've got an extra a friend or ally in it all. And so she went through the one and it, w- it went okay with her. And so eventually she got the courage to go do all three. And of course her, her parents, I don't think drug her there, but definitely wanted to, to push her to conquer her fear. And she came out, came out of it smiling. She was happy. She didn't realize how fun it would be. And for the past five years, I've seen her every year at the event and she just always has the biggest smile on her face. So just, you know, taking that, you know, half hour out of one night on a Saturday to to make this uh, little girl's experience magical, we'll say, um, has completely transformed her view of Halloween and haunted houses. So that's always been memorable for me. We never know how that that is also going to transfer into other aspects of their lives. You know, that they've overcome that little bit of fear and how they, you know, that makes them feel more confident and more brave. And And that could translate into other areas, you know, other situations. I I would add on to that too, because we got a really cool story going on right now where we have a, one of our volunteer scare actors has um, autism. It's a pretty severe case of autism. He, his mother brought him out last year, wanted, wanted to kind of push him to get out of his comfort zone and, and be in a more social setting. And we were accepting of that because we had talked with her and, and, and agreed, agreed upon that. And he came out last year's first time. Uh, we made sure we had somebody near him and kind of being his buddy the entire season. And he did a great job. And he's come back this season. He's He's come out of his shell. He's not as shy anymore. Um, he's talking about it. He'll, you know, engage in conversation. And it's just an incredible experience to watch his transformation as a scare actor um, and what what the event has done for him and meant for him and his family. So that's another cool testimony. Any final questions from either the Gahos or our guests? Well, guys, this has been a fantastic and most enlightening roundtable, at least for me. I I love the fact that family-friendly events are popping up at haunts all over the country. It's becoming bigger and bigger every year. Perhaps if you are thinking of putting on a family-friendly, an ADA-compliant, a non-sensory, some kind of special event, a matinee for the kids, you know, these are the, some of the people you should be talking to. They've been doing it. Some of them have been doing it for many years or find out some, find somebody else that has been. And uh, let's get that next generation going and get to be big fans here. So, you know, that, that, that eight year old this year is going to be 18 in 10 years. And you want them coming to your haunt, either as an actor or a customer and bring in their friends and, and it can start at a very young age. So We want to give a big thank you to all our guests. This is the part of the show we like to call the plugs. So we want to find out the dates of your special events, how people can get more information about your various haunts. Uh, If you're selling tickets now, what are the websites and social medias? 
for all of these things. And let's start with Lori. Tell us a little bit more about Nightmare on 3008 in Fultondale, Alabama. When is your family-friendly night? When When is your opening night, if it hasn't already started? And uh, how can people get more information about your haunt? Our opening weekend is the 22nd and 23rd of this month. Um, you can go to www.nightmareat3008.com um, to get more ticket information. And our calendar is on there. It has all of our uh, Century Awareness Day uh, and our Kids Day. The Century Awareness Day is October the 8th from three to five the kids day is october the 22nd from three to five um and again that website is www.nightmareat3008.com my apologies i've been saying nightmare on 3008 it's nightmare at 3008 <laughs> so nightmare at 38 3008.com uh, Randall, tell us a little bit more about Macabre, the, uh, the night you're on, and uh, websites and social medias where people can get more information. All right. Uh, we are operating, we open on the 13th of October, 14th. Our family day uh, is on the 15th from 1 to 4 in the afternoon. Uh, we also operate the 20th and 21st of October, and if uh, people are interested, uh, it is macabre.com, M-A-A-C-B-R-E.com. Uh, just as a side note, uh, to all the people out there, if you're thinking about doing this, uh, all the haunt professionals out there, uh, do it. It's very easy, and it's, it takes care of itself, and it's a just a great, great uh, type of event to do. Very nice. Uh, Chris, tell us more about Ocean View Trail of Terror opening nights and special event nights, websites, social medias, etc. You can find us at oceanviewtrailofterror.com. Uh, we're all the way in far south Jersey, so we're on the peninsula here, so good to travel for a lot of people. But our opening night is Friday, October 13th, and we're open Fridays and Saturdays for the rest of October. Our no scare, sensory friendly trick or treat is 2 to 4 p.m on saturday the 28th right before our show opens that night and we're still seeking actors or anybody that wants to come out and help with the no scare we have community members that aren't at all scare actors come out to hand out candy and that's great gives them some buy into the event and just makes it grow even more are you on the shore oh we're right at the shore <laughs> ocean views a lot that you can't see it from here unless we have a hurricane <laughs> what exit 17 Everybody knows what exit. Oh. <laughs> they hate it when I ask, but they always have an answer. And Zach, last but certainly not least, tell us about Sir Henry's Haunted Trail. Dates open, the dates of your ADA night and special event nights, and websites and social medias where people can get more. Yep, so our accessibility night will be Friday, September 22nd. Uh, opening night is September 29th. That's uh, Friday. And we'll be open for 16 select nights through November 4th. You can find out all the dates and times on our website at SirHenry'sHauntedTrail.com or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all, all the major platforms there if anybody wants to find out about more about Sir Henry's Haunted Trail and who we are and what we do. And as we mentioned before, by the time this airs, the event will have already happened, but 
you do ask for pre-registration. So follow yep. their website for dates and times where you can pre-register for next year. Yep. Excellent. Well, folks, you know, these are fantastic events. These are helping people who normally would not go to a haunted attraction or would have issues going to one in high season with lights and strobes and fog and you know loud noises and people screaming and chainsaws and all that. So get out there, support these haunts and all the little special events that they're putting on here. And if there's one near you, go find out more information. If you know people that you think would enjoy a haunted attraction, but are just not quite there yet, this might be the perfect way to get them in there. We also want to thank our wonderful co-host for their input, including Storm. Fantastic conversation tonight. I hope it spurns uh, the ability for other haunts to become more inclusive if they're not. And also, you know, the, the big takeaway from tonight is Badger and Mize ever expanding haunted attraction park you know right next to the amish barn of horrors we now are going to put clowns versus swat you're darn right <laughs> while the metal mariachi band plays over the pa system absolutely also want to thank meat hook jim i want to thank all of our guests for coming on and it's it's nice to hear that there's a there's a outlet for younger people and a more fam family friendly environment to you know you can possibly call some new you know our future haunted house actors so i think it's great what you guys are doing also want to thank jonna aka the old crone jonna tell us about your family friendly night and of course websites as well uh website is banshee our scare free night is going to be october 30th and you know, all that information is on our website and our Facebook. And uh, thanks, everybody, for coming on the show and talking about this. This is great. And I hope hope there are twice as many family-friendly events next year. Stock up on the candy. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger, and I just want to say by the time this show airs, I will probably be on the West Coast training actors at yet another haunt this year. I've got two or three more weeks of this one of these days i'm actually going to get out and visit some haunts this season so i might just have to come on one of these nights and see the difference so once again folks this is the round table of terror here on the big scary show My name is Deadfield, the Zombie Butler. Visit me and all my friends here at VFXCreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete 
the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Venom in her veins and lust in her eyes. A woman of flesh becomes a venomous viper. I've sucked the years out of your body. It was the only way it could be a human and a woman again. Plunging her fangs into warm flesh, she sucks the life from the bodies of men. As long as I'm alive, you'll feed off my venom and stay young. But I don't want to change. Of course, if you want to escape from me, you still can. If you dare. Only a human lover could restore her human skin. You made love to another man? I had to. To stay human. Only the cobra could satisfy her unearthly desires. Fanging a snake is like castrating a man. The most terrifying picture you will ever see. Night of the Cobra Woman. From New World Pictures. In color, rated R. Broadcasting to you from the darkest regions of the Earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so each generation thinks that we've had the worst Halloween candy, you know, somewhere out there. You know, Halloween candy could not have gotten worse. You know, for me growing up, you know, 80s kid... It was like those wax bottles with the juice in them and wax lips and just, you know, un- th- those those peanut butter things wrapped in black and orange. I mean, you'd eat them anyway, but ugh, they were terrible candy. And, you know, in the 90s, you started seeing smaller versions of candy that no one liked. You know, Dots, uh, Good and Plenty, you know, they're good every once in a while, but you, you can't do a whole thing of them, but you'd end up with a sack full of Smarties and, and, and uh, you know, just too many Tootsie Rolls for it. And, uh, you know, Dum Dums are great, but not, you know, for your entire Halloween bag. So, you know, that, that, that got bad, too. And in the past 20 years, the Halloween candy has continued to de-evolve, but in new and spectacular ways. The big thing now is shapes and colors and your Halloween edition of things. Uh, sometimes the Halloween edition is just, you know, putting Halloween edition on the wrapper. Other times they actually make some sort of vague shape where, you know, oh, look, my peanut butter treat sort of looks like a pumpkin. Uh, it looks a little bit like, you know, a Santa Claus, but it's probably a pumpkin. How much are they saving money on it? And then the, the green stuff and, and different colors and flavors, you know, the the ghoul Cadbury eggs with the neon green insides and stuff. You know, seems entertaining, but really not that appetizing. And, yeah, the color green, you know, unless it's apple, it's really not that good, especially with chocolate and Halloween candy. So we just continue to see it de-evolve. And it's getting worse. That's right. This year, something amazingly bad is has hit the shelves. It's out there. Go to your Target. You're going to find it. Yes, Heinz and um, Kraft has gotten together to make a new assortment of candy for your Halloween. Look for it on the shelves. It has three brands you're going to recognize. That's right, Kraft Mac and Cheese, Oscar Mayer, and Clausen. Yes, 
these are gummy candies of a big piece of macaroni and cheese, a hot dog with a bun, and a Gawson pickle. Uh, now, I was really worried that these were going to be flavored. They say it's fruit flavored. But still, this is it. This is the devolving of candy. Who knows how much worse it's going to get in the future. But yes, kids are coming home with sacks full of macaroni cheese, Oscar Mayer, and glossing gummy candies this Halloween. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Quantum Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Perfect. And ladies and gentlemen, if you were listening to the show last episode, you do remember that we had a gruesome giveaway for the month of September, sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. Folks, it is haunt season. Now is the time to get over to ScreamlineStudios.com and do all your shopping before Halloween, because that is unfortunately coming faster than you think. Well, as we normally do in August, September, and October, we had a slew of entries for the giveaway. We selected a random person out of all the entries. I believe we have them on the line right now. Random person, what is your name? Where are you located? Hi, my name is Todd Kinsley, and I'm in Miles Pleasant, Michigan. Todd Kinsley, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I'm not familiar where uh, Mount Pleasant is. Are you in the Are you in the UP it's, or the or the lower or what? It's dead in the center of the meeting. Oh, okay, fantastic. So, uh, have you gotten snow yet? Not yet, okay. but we I'm sure we will shortly after Halloween. <laughs> Excellent. I can Ho- hopefully after. I, I can only imagine. Well, Todd Kinsley of Mount Pleasant, Michigan, I need to ask you a couple of quick legal questions. Question number one, have we contacted you in any way other than to have you or or other to tell you when to call in? No. All right. Question number two, have you tried to uh, bribe us, persuade us, or do anything like that in order to get us to choose your name? No. All right. Well, Todd Kinsley, let's find out if you are indeed the winner. Let me see if I remember the question. Uh, Paraphrasing here, um, on our last episode, during the news, we mentioned that Mystery Manor, the legendary haunted attraction in Omaha, Nebraska, was closing its doors permanently. How many seasons were they open? 38. And that would be absolutely right. They were open for 38 long and glorious and no doubt spooky years. That's a great run. Unfortunately, they have they have closed their doors permanently. But, you know, on heels of that sad news, we have some happy news. And the happy news is that, Todd Kinsley, you are indeed the gruesome giveaway winner for the month of September. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, we are very happy to do it. Um, do you work for a haunt, own a haunt, do a yard display, anything like that? I was previously a haunt actor, and I used to own an escape room company, but currently I am a proud home haunter. Nice. How many trick-or-treaters do you get every year? Unfortunately, here it's a, it's a decreasing number. We're probably down below 100 now. Mm. But they still come out and admire the home haunt, I hope. 
I sure hope they keep coming. <laughs> Does it uh, have a social media presence? Is there a Facebook page or a YouTube where you can do a walkthrough of it and we can see what you're up to? Nope, nothing like that. All right. Well, if you happen to find yourself in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, go check out some spooky yard out there. It might just be our gruesome giveaway for the month of September. So, Todd, if you'll hang on the line for a moment, we'll get some shipping information from you. But before we do that, we want to give our big thanks again to ScreamlineStudios.com for providing these great, great gifts that we give out every single month here Remember, folks, this is September. You know that means next month is October. That means it is your last chance to get something before Halloween. So you better listen carefully to the next show and have your chance to win, just like Todd did here on the Gruesome Giveaway on The Big Scary Show. Jet Noir, let us pray. Let us pray on the big scary show. Big scary show.
Listeners, listeners and welcome and welcome watch out don't watch trip out. over, don't that, trip torso. over that torso it's time, it's time. for between, between the the corpses, corpses. greetings listeners meet hook jim here and on this episode of Between the Corpses, as we journey down the road of tortures and executions, we're going to talk about Navy discipline. Britain had a proud naval heritage, yet behind the image of the willing, well-drilled sailor in the rigging was a dark side that involved excessive and sadistic discipline. As early as 1634, the practice of ducking from the yardarm with the malefactor tied around his middle by a rope, was described in a book, He and Violente let fall into the sea, sometimes twice, sometimes three, several times, one after another, and if the offense be very foul, he is also drawn under the very keel of the ship, to which is termed keel rankage. A further refinement on the punishment was the firing of a cannon while the victim was underwater, causing him great alarm. Another torturous form of punishment used in the Royal Navy in the 18th century was known as tying neck and heels. With the victim sitting on the deck, one musket was placed beneath the knees and another one behind their neck. The firearms were tied tightly together, exerting such pressure on the body that blood would flow from the nose and ears. Floggings appear to have been less frequent in the Royal Navy than in the British Army, but more brutal. While their counterparts in the Army were expected to stand in one spot, 
the boatswain's mate, responsible for administering the lash, took a step forward and laid into the stroke. After each stroke, the mate separated the thonging with his fingers to cause maximum discomfort on the next lash. One 19th century observer wrote, "'Tis a severe punishment thus, and I do not think any man could stand nine dozen as I had seen it laid in. In 1801, a naval lieutenant was brought to trial after three seamen were flogged to death in Bombay without a prior court-martial. Floggings carried out in tropical countries left the victim vulnerable to infection and fever and almost always resulted in death. The worst offense aboard ship was cowardice in the face of enemy action. The punishment was death. Admiral John Bing faced the charge following his withdrawal from Menorca in 1756, leaving the English defenders of the island at the mercy of the French. Bing was guilty of defeatism rather than cowardice. He knew his veteran ships faced a mauling from the French. However, the government wished to obliterate the military reversals it had suffered by use of a scapegoat. General William Blakenley, the man forced to surrender Menorca, was clicked to blame Bing for the misfortune. Bing was found guilty of not doing his utmost to take or destroy the enemy's ships. On March 14, 1757, he was led to the quarterdeck of the Monarch where, kneeling on a cushion with a handkerchief over his eyes, he was shot. When the Army Act of 1881 curtailed the flogging of soldiers, the British Navy acted to stop it occurring aboard ship. Nevertheless, young soldiers and sailors were still liable to be birched. Corporal punishment in the United States Navy, however, was abolished in 1850. Well, you know, I'm glad I didn't join any of the military back then. We'll catch you on the next episode. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. That is an incredible motion picture. An entire town goes berserk when a giant underwater creature attacks all human life. That is a frightening experience. Don't miss that. What is something that every haunt owner and scare actor both dread every season? Unfortunately, it can't be avoided. It's a necessary evil. What is it? The dreaded tween. That 10 to 12 year old smart, a uh, smart aleck who just wants to show all his or her friends 
just how grown up and tough they are. A few years ago, my haunt became overrun with a large group, and I mean a large group, about 60 of them, all at once. Ironically, they all belong to a cotillion group. You know, the place where they go to learn manners and how to socialize at the country club without embarrassing their parents in front of their six-figure income friends. They are the worst. I swear, they were the most rude, unruly, misbehaving group of brats I'd ever seen. After the first two groups went through harassing my staff and trying to break things, I put a stop to it. Did I kick them all out? Nope. Did I give them refunds and ask them to leave? Nope. I was going to gladly take their money, but they were going to behave. I refused to let another group go through without an adult. Now, I did feel sorry for the three or four moms who volunteered to take turns going through several times. And no, I didn't charge the moms for each trip. But we got them all through without too much further incident. But man, were we glad to see them leave. So what did I learn as a haunt owner from that harrowing experience? One, thank God my kids are grown and on their own. Two, just like we have to set boundaries with our own children, don't be afraid to set boundaries for other people's kids, especially whenever the parents grown. I like to say, this is my house, and in my house, you behave or you leave. The grandma tone can do wonders. So setting that tone before they get into the haunt, my rules clearly state no one under the age of 13 can be admitted without an adult. Will they lie about their age? Hell yeah. But that's when I especially lay down the law of what behavior is expected and that I want them to have fun. They break a rule and the whole group gets ejected. I also make it very clear that there are cameras watching and security guards and I'll be watching. If all that fails, then give them the boot, keep their money, and let them be a glowing example of what happens when they ruin everyone else's fun just so they can look tough. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. I buried her in the cellar. God help me, I buried her in the earthen floor of the fruit cellar. Vegas Rhythm Kings. Crazy cadavers on the big scary show. I'm crazy and I'm a I'm crazy and
As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves. <laughs>